Welcome to A Clear Trumpet with Shirley Weaver. This prophetic podcast exists to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to our culture and world. Now, here's Shirley Weaver. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to session number three of our series on self-government. We're looking at the role of the believer in governing and government. We're talking about a governmental role. Actually, I believe there is a governmental anointing that God gives to every believer. And in that way, or in that sense, or for that purpose and for that reason, we are alert to all that we could be in the environment that God has put around us, whatever nation we're in, whatever community we're in, our family, we even say affectionately our tribe, you know, the place in the culture where we live life, like our profession, the the thing that is the most consistent or the most unique thread about our lives that would be like a tribal aspect. That would be our tribe. We want to govern there. We want to self-govern there as the elemental, um, basically the grassroots of the way the government of God uh, works its way to the top of anything, certainly in a culture or in a nation, because we have been sent by the Lord. His basic uh, assignment to us is, go ye, And so as we go, we just don't go everywhere at one time. We don't just splatter against the wall, but we are on assignment and we are strategically placed by Him for that assignment. And so there are those that are around us who share a similar vision, share um, many times, well, different aspects of being in that same place in, in the culture. So as we govern and as we self-rule, the reason we're doing that is not only does it eliminate or replace chaos with order, but it accomplishes the mission that God has sent us for. And he sends us out in saying, go ye, and our position is a uh, it's a ground game. We go in an earthly perspective, but our heavenly place and placement is that we're seated with Him in heavenly places. So it's it's unique, it's powerful, and the strategy there is that each person, each believer, would represent the Lord where He sends them. That He would that the believer would be the Lord's representative. In the same way that we have chosen representatives to represent us in different levels of governing, we also represent the Lord in the way that He governs. I love the Old Testament reference that says the government it really is on His shoulders. And the increase of that government will never have an, an end So this is an eternal project. It's not, you know, a week or a month or a day. It's an eternal project where we're governing. And I just want to say to you that I think we've said this in every other podcast, but in this series, but just it's worth saying again, you are the governor in your home because you are the governor 
in your life. And you are the governor of the family that God has placed you in so that you have authority to speak and say what comes in and what doesn't, what you allow in and what you do not allow in. So for the sake of repetition, just put that out there again. I tell you, there is not ever a time when we submit to forces that seemingly are stronger that have the say-so in our home. And of course, that is true of our own lives. And see, that is the qualification that takes us to the next level, on a community level, in a small group level, that moves to a larger jurisdiction where we have a say-so because of the words we speak and the authority that we have from the Lord, and it is steeped in, really based in what we understand about His Word that gives us that authority. The Lord said this. He said, listen, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, in heaven and in earth. In heaven and in earth, that's pretty much everything. And he said, now I give that to you, therefore go ye. So the reason for going is to carry that authority. And what is authority for but to open and close doors and to say what comes in and what does not? And the more we have authority in the jurisdiction God's given us, and we unite with those in uh, the neighboring or the adjoining jurisdiction, I lay my hand on your shoulder, and you lay your hand on my shoulder, and as we join together as believers, then we join forces in the authority God's given us in the sphere that he's given us. Today, your environment will be affected by your understanding of that principle. It will affect everything and everyone in that environment. So the jurisdiction that God's entrusted to you is precious. It's precious. It's not only precious to you because it's yours and because you have a vested interest there, but it's so important to the Lord because He is building His kingdom in the earth through you, through me, through the one to my left and the one to my right. And we've proven this again and again when there are voices that join together and continually say what the Lord has said, then they extract in, on a spiritual sense and in a practical, natural sense and, and, uh, an expression of God's intention and His will through the saying of it. I liken this to the beginning of God's Word. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. And Genesis explains to us the Genesis. Genesis means beginning. So something began. If, if it's a beginning, then something began. And we are moving in an eternal path from something that began. 
And so in Genesis, we read how the Lord spoke the worlds into existence. The light, he said, light be. He commanded the heavens and they were. We take our uh, cue from him. We use our words to speak into existence the thing, things, situations that God has ordained, that he reveals to us. The Lord said, I won't do anything but that I reveal it to my servants, the prophets. That's you and me, because the prophet Jesus lives inside of us. So we have a prophetic voice. We have a prophetic insight and a prophetic word, each of us. And there's not hoopla or trumpets, uh, as it were, a big ordeal. It's the way we live our life minute to minute, day by day, that we speak what we hear the Lord speak. Jesus said, I do what I see my father do. I say what I hear him say. That was the fruit of spending time with the father. And he pulled away to be with his father in prayer. And out of that communion and that connection, then he could see the father and imitate him and hear the father and imitate him. So that is our role model, and that is what we do and are doing and want to, as, as we were saying, the government is on the shoulders of the Lord, and it's an increasing, ever-expanding government. We want to increasingly, in a more expanding way, represent that government in the sphere that we're called to. And you can tell your calling, you can tell your appointment by where you are. If you live in a rural area, that's your appointment. If you live in a more densely populated area, such as a city, that would be your appointment. And if you're questioning that, wondering if you're in the right place at the right time with the right people, you simply inquire of the Lord, because that can be like that could be right. That could be a good question. Because sometimes we can be mispositioned, like positioned incorrectly, just through um, negligence on our part or on just the circumstances of life. You know, if things are rolling along in life and you're just sort of rolling along with those things, they can reposition you in a place that God never intended you would be. And so literally where you are is where the Lord is calling you with that caveat that we inquire of the Lord if there's a sense that we have, is this my right placement? Am I in the right place at the right time with the right people? That is a solid uh, question and a, uh, a proper one. So assuming that we understand where we are, what we're doing, what we're to be about, the authority that God has given us is our objective. You know, there's an enemy there. In every situation in life, 
any kind of opportunity to do something will be met by a challenge. We've talked about this in the last session, but I just want to touch on it again. The challenge is not a discouragement for you, or should not be. It's not a signal that you're off or that you've done something wrong. It actually is a confirmation that you're tracking properly. Because if if you weren't moving in the right direction down a path that God has for you, you wouldn't necessarily experience opposition or any pushback or any delay or any controversy. That, that controversy, the opposition that you experience, that's the place you apply the authority God has given you. You speak to the mountain and tell it to move. You know, it's in your path, tell it to move. If, um, if there were, uh, if you were on a walk, let's say a hike in the hills, and some creature got on your path, perhaps a, a menacing creature, you would take authority in some way, on some level, over that creature to remove the presence, its presence from your path so that you can continue on, on on your hike or on your walk or whatever. It's just a simple principle. It's not hard. It's simple. And in that way, you move forward in what God has for you, and you do it every day. This is not just seasonal thing, a seasonal thing. You do it every day. You pursue the Lord. You start out in His presence as much as possible to the degree that's possible each morning. You hear what He has to say to you, and then you pursue that assignment, that uh, enlightenment, that instruction. And if something is in your way, either by virtue of delay or outright opposition, you use words. You use your authority and the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus to speak to those detriments. Because, hey, my friend Francis Frangipane has described um, spiritual warfare this way. It's a contest to see what force will have the say on what will manifest at any given moment in any given situation. You and the Lord have sufficient power together to manifest the say-so in any situation that God has called you to. You and the Lord together, in tandem, in agreement, have more power than any opposition. And it's not a magic wand that you wave or a magic dust that you sprinkle. It's words of faith. It's the word that God says. It's what he says to you and you repeat it. And that word has all authority, both in heaven and in earth. And if you're wondering if that's supposed to happen or vaporize in, you know, a split second every time, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that that's not the case, but or that that can happen. But listen, patience is a great quality to develop. Your part is to do what God says to you. That's your part. 
The rest is a spiritual function that God does. He uses angels. Uh, He uses other people. He uses the way that you engage with him to bring even more glory, to affect even more people, and to impact in a more powerful way than, say, if you could just push a button and make something happen at will, which, by the way, um, wouldn't serve us well because we're not good at that. We're sort of, we've sort of proven that we need the Lord. We've proven with our own life record that left to ourselves and to our own devices, we can get off. So we need to wait for him, not get ahead of him, wait for him. You know, the last three sessions that we've been together in this series on self-rule and self-governing, we say again and again and again, These are principles that we know from the Word, and we've learned them through our walk with the Lord over the years. We've proven them, we've tried and tested them, and we know them to be accurate and effective. But the key component and the most important thing is that we do it, that we apply it, that you and I on a daily basis do these things, that we use our words and the energy that God has given us to impact the path that we're on. And, you know, I want to redirect this into the next series that we're going to begin with the next podcast. And that is to say that the place of your authority beyond your personal life, beyond your family life, and maybe even, we'd say, in your neighborhood slash community. That's where I'm trying, that's where I'm going. That's what I'm trying to get to, to encourage you to put your finger on that assignment, the jurisdiction that God has called you to, the place in the culture where you carry a unique gifting and anointing and a gift anointing mix that really was crafted by the Lord and carved out before the foundation of the worlds so that you would be alive in the earth at this time. And the reason we want to talk about that, and we've alluded to this before, is We're living in the last of the last days, not just the last days that began at the day of Pentecost and have unfolded over the last 2,000 years, but today we are in a time that is the last of the last days, the last. We are in a time that is just before the stepping over into the next age where things will be quite different. And we have assignments to fulfill now, which, by the way, explains why your opposition is so intense and why Satan is so uh, angry. Have you experienced any angry, manipulating, uh, 
uh, discrediting, intimidating, accusing spirits lately. (laughs) Uh, Not little ones either, not those that are just sort of on the periphery, but these spirits have come to completely break your spirit. They want to destroy you. They want to stop you at all cost. And the spirit realm is an invisible realm, but the people that spirits work through are quite visible. They're the ones in your path determined to harm you. So I hope that doesn't sound extreme or that I'm verbalizing that in a way that you can apply because it's exactly what Jesus encountered in the, in the wilderness. When the Spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights, and the enemy challenged him. And the Lord handled Satan royally. He totally handled Satan. You might want to read that account in your Bible again. And as Jesus left the wilderness to begin his earthly ministry, which was only three years, remember, the Bible says this about Satan. He departed until a more opportune time. The opportune time comes when Satan's opportune time to attack you and to derail your life mission comes just as you're about to step into it, the same as it was with Jesus. And you deal with him with words. I want to tell you something, that your quiet time reading devotions, whether it's in the morning, midday, at the end of the day, that's valuable. That will build up your soul. Uh, reading and studying the Word, that's valuable. That will build up your spirit. Um, Using God's principles about keeping your body, your physical body strong, that's really valuable. Let me tell you something. There is only one way to handle Satan, and it's the way Jesus did. It's with words, with words of authority that ring true because they are words you find in the Word are that God tells you Himself. They're words uniquely given to you. Let me give you one example before we close today. I received a call from a partner in our ministry who had actually had a prayer request for a situation that had just uh, they had just become aware of, and it was a depletion of their financial reserves that they had set aside for something uh, appointed by the Lord God specifically had uh, directed them to do. And now a practical matter had occurred, and it was a personal matter, not a ministry matter, but a practical matter, such as an expenditure they were not expecting. And they had already put aside their personal funds to do what God had told them to do. So that was set aside in a savings account, awaiting a, uh, a, like a future date when all of that was supposed to come together. And so 
when I went to prayer for this particular situation, I said, Lord, what is your word here? What word do you want me to speak into this environment, into this situation? And I heard this scripture very clearly. Give, and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. And in this case, that word was applied to the person asking for prayer. So it was their bosom, this person's bosom. And the emphasis was not on the giving because the person had already given and was a giver, a prolific giver. But the emphasis was, shall men give into your bosom? And so when I communicated that to our partner, I just confidently said, this is not what God always does. It's not the way he always answers prayer. But I encourage you to say to the Lord, who is it that you have that is going to give into this situation to satisfy uh, the deficit, the lack? And how do you want me to proceed with that? Do you want me to talk with someone? Do you want me to seek it out at all? Or am I to wait? And the partner called back and believed that God said that that was the word of wisdom to them, that he was sending a person with the resources not to give to a ministry for a tax credit, but to give to this person personally cash, money, for them to make up the deficit or the lack. And in a a short period of time, I can't remember exactly how many days it was. It wasn't long. That is what happened. That was the way that God answered. Those were the words of authority that stopped the theft on this individual's money. It would apply to a ministry's money. It would apply to to any situation of reserve. But that was God's answer. And my point to you today is when God answers you, he answers you specifically how he is going to answer you so that you can be one with him in your mind and in your spirit, in your emotions, in your timing. You don't have to pray, you know, Genesis to Revelation or petition God for an hour or two. You say what you hear him say. I'm closing out this series right now with this prayer. You might want to pray with me in agreement. Father, in Jesus' name, we declare today the end from the beginning. And we believe that the end is better. Therefore, as we're in this end time, the last of the last days, We declare all that belongs to us right now. We declare and decree by faith as we open our hands, and wherever you are, just open your palms out in front of you. I receive from your hand, Father, into my hands all that you have for me. Sound thinking 
clarity, wisdom, health, vision, strategy, and success in the sense that you see success. That is, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. That is success. We give you all the glory, Father, in Jesus' name. God bless you. Be sure to tune in for our next series. Love you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. Also, you can receive Shirley's powerful daily devotions delivered straight to your inbox each morning. Sign up at www.aclearTrumpet.org. And if you're interested in bringing Shirley to speak at your church or organization, reach out at info at aclearTrumpet.org.